Spider-Man Far From Home is the 23rd Marvel Cinematic Movie and the actual final end of the Infinity Saga if you believe Kevin Feige. But is this one far and away the best one or far from impressive? I'm Mike. I'm Darren. And this is Popscorn. Gormley Fowl Entertainment Movie Review Podcast and today we are reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home, the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming, the reboot of The Amazing Spider-Man, the re-reboot of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which of course was based on actual spiders. Did you know? No, you know. Thank you (laughs) for edifying me. Oh, Christ, he's had... You think the X-Men have had it bad? Yeah. (laughs) Spider-Man has had... At least they've only had one Wolverine. Hang on, Spider-Man's only been running a year less than the X-Men movie franchise. Yeah, that's great. Was X-Men first? Was that yes, two thousand, and then Spider-Man was two thousand one. I remember seeing the original Spider-Man in America. Me too. In America, I saw it in America. I was on holiday in America. It came out. I was like, oh fuck, I'm. Was there cheering and whooping? There was. Uh, People were were quite into it. There's cheering and whooping at every American movie, even if it's like a horror. I kind of want to watch that. Were they cheering and whooping at Schindler's List? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah, get him out! Get him out of the cab! Yeah. <laughs> Red! Woo! Woo! Get deep. him! Oh. Yeah, deep movie. <laughs> movie cuts there. Anyway, Spider-Man, far from home. <laughs> he is indeed far... These pream- opening preambles don't get any better, do they, really? Like, they're just declining in quality. We've already gone to Schindler's List for some reason. Yeah. Um, right, let's swerve back. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man's extended European vacation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> national national Parkers, Europe... Whatever, I'm not yeah. going to... National it, Parkers. Look, I couldn't say National Lampoon. Uh, I can't think of a Lampoon spider Oh, I thought you meant, like, like they were going to National Parks, but it was National Parkers. Oh, uh, that would have been clever if it was, like, Spider-Man stop, far in the wilderness or whatever. Tangenting Michael Jesus. Sorry! Um, yeah, uh, Far From Home, it's, it, it's meant to be the end. Meant to be? It's it, very much the beginning of something yeah, else. doesn't at all feel like we've ended anything. No. Um, I think that that whole thing of Feige coming out and saying, oh, the actual end of the Infinity Saga is Spider-Man Far From Home, as was about later time ago, please don't not watch this one. We know we finished everything in the other one, the one that had an actual ending. Please come back. Were they really worried that Spider-Man yes. didn't make all that much money? Well, this is—it's an interesting question because you know the who was the face of the MCU? It was Iron Man. Yeah, they killed him up. Oh, yeah. Sorry, spoilers for Endgame. Uh, uh, Iron Man dead, yo. That's half the entire point of this film like most of the first act is is Iron Man dead yo yeah and um, they now made an entire 200 million dollar movie of like right he was in charge now and he was your face but now this is the face yeah okay the world has come back full circle time is a flat circle and um, <laughs> Spider-Man is now the face of Marvel again and yeah. he always should have been 
he's back and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this, that's a hell of a lot of money to have to spend to, just to <laughs> rearrange some properties. To bring us back to 2001. Those are the worlds we live in. But yeah, he's now, I mean, especially since Kappa's also gone, we don't know what Thor's doing. Hulk never really, like, everyone likes Hulk, but he's not really your guy. Mm. This really cements Peter as... The main dude. The main guy going forward. Unless they really shift onto Black Panther, which I don't no, see them doing. I, I kind of see Black old Black Panther and uh, Doctor Strange being pushed towards the Illuminati side of things, whereas the Avengers side of things, it this film really does try to put Spider-Man at the forefront yes, of it does. absolutely everything. Which is good, because I, I did feel like Homecoming was a bit more of... Um, Peter in Tony's shadow and re-establishing his character in the universe. And I still really, really like Homecoming. But if there was ever a movie that was totally about Peter Parker, Peter Parker's life, it's this one. Yeah. Probably as, you know, as much as Spider-Man 1 and 2. Yeah. This one kind of gets that it doesn't matter where you put Peter. The action, the story, the intrigue has to be focused around him and his reactions to the world. Yeah, so shock horror. We're a fan of an MCU movie yeah. again. Oh, God. I, one of these days, they'll have a bad one. Well, neither of us were all that concerned with Captain Marvel. It was still good, though. It was still good, but I feel like that was their palate cleanser. Yeah, but like the absolute bottom of the... Okay, we've had Iron Man 3, and that was terrible. Then we've had Thor The Dark World, and that was not great. No. Everything else is kind of average to incredible. Speaking so, jobs, you know. I'm doing an article about uh, the X-Men franchise, mm. um, and I did some uh, looking up on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you know that For the Dark World is the lowest rated of all of them? Do you want to guess how much percent that got? Uh, let me see. 18. 66% for For the Dark World. And that's the lowest? That is the lowest. There is not a single of these 23 movies lower than 66%. Jesus Christ. The DCEU can only dream of such high numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's mad. They have 12, 90% and above titles. That's almost half of their films. I can't believe that. 90% and above. Is that critic score or audience Uh, score? Critic score. Critic score. And I think this will be joining them pretty soon. I would not be surprised. Not a complicated movie. No. Um, And it's it's kind of hard to pigeonhole it of like um, Winter Soldier was your spy movie and so on. This is just another Spider-Man movie. Mm. It extends it past New York. Which is quite interesting. We've, that's, I think, the only time we've ever done that. There was bits in the first one, I suppose, where he goes to Washington. But yeah, but it's not. This is Avengers level Spider Man. It's this is what you have to do now, as opposed to your sort of small scale Spider Man world. Just you know, within a few blocks in New York is not the I, thing anymore. But I just realised, like Homecoming was actually the first Spider Man to have any of it at all set outside of New York. All three Raimi's movies and the two amazing ones never oh. leave New York. Oh, shit. That's admirable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I suppose, yeah, he's meant to be a friendly neighbourhood, but as as uh, in the trailers, as Nick Fury pointed out, he has been to space, so yep. he doesn't kind of get to do that anymore. Um, I think Tom Holland does great again. Yeah, he's really, really good. He's even stepped up from how good we thought he was in Homecoming. Yeah. There's a lot more of a nuanced performance this time, a lot more emotional in some scenes, which is really great. It sort of carried over what made him so good in Infinity War a little bit. And towards the end of Endgame as well, you do see a lot of that open up when Tony dies. And it's that echoing down through this film that really cements him as the best Spider-Man we've ever had. 
he did a really good job, and I think that's backed up by the supporting cast who are all back. Um, it's kind of a stripped-down one. You don't get as much Aunt May. No. Um, but it's very much centred on the class of kids that are going on this European history trip. Um, I think Zendaya, as MJ, she's now... I don't think she's even referred to as... What was her original name? Michelle. Michelle. She's not referred to that anymore. She's strictly MJ. Yep. Just in case you need to be waffled over the head with the bat anymore. Yeah. Um, Quick, very quickly. Uh-huh. Can I just go to Pig Corner for a second? Go to Pig Corner for a second. Now, is it me, or is is Marissa Tomei actually hotter this time round? Right. They're wearing some hella tight S- jeans. That, yeah, it was the bit... You'll know if you've seen it. The bit in her sort of fundraising office when she's on the phone with Peter. Okay, good. It's I'm not like, me. Oh, <laughs> summit, summit's moving down there. Marissa, you know? Benjamin Button, Tomei. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah, we, we get it. I, I, yeah, I get it. We kind of made... Because I was listening to the Homecoming review, just sort of refresh myself what we thought. And we said that she was sort of like aggressively hot and, and <laughs> anno- annoyingly hot. And this time it's just, oh, I'm just... I just like what I'm looking at I now. It's still weird. It's, it is really, hot now. Yeah. It's still an odd, odd place <laughs> that we live in. But, you know, you have to accept reality sometimes and it's fine. Um, they still don't touch on the Uncle Ben stuff. They don't. There is a throwaway site reference, I think, yes, with the suitcase, suitcase, with BFP on it. So I just think we're never going to get no. a real in-depth look at the at the origins or, or what happened with Uncle Ben. It's, Which but, is... Fine, I just really wish if well, they were gonna know what happened. So. If they were gonna do it, they should have done the Toby Maguire cameo and be done with it. I and know. They didn't I know. do that and now it's too late. I'm okay with it. I'm just it's interesting that they're still that they're just forging ahead with it, but it, I mean it's not really making a difference. It's no. not like their films are lacking anything because we haven't gone through the Uncle Ben shit over and over and over again. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I think like I said, they they've scaled back the cast a little bit. To focus, really, you, you're only really focusing on his relationship with MJ. Mm. The Aunt May stuff isn't really there. Um, because, obviously, Tony Stark isn't dropping in out a lot. That's not there. He's symbolically there a lot. Mm. Good God, is he all over this film. Yeah. If, if Downey Jr. is getting image rights, he's going to get a <laughs> hefty check from this one. Because yeah. he's, like, every scene has to be in the... Sta- every new city they go to... <laughs> every establishing shot yeah. has got him in it. Yeah. When they were driving through the Alps, I was like, I'm going to get a fucking rock formation with Robert Downey Jr.'s face yeah, on exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Um, Happy Hogan is more um, a plot device than an actual relationship. There's some echoes of his relationship with Tony in there, which is nice. Yeah, but more it's... towards the end of the film, certainly. Yeah, yeah. So you really get to focus on him and MJ, and I think that's to the the better the the MJ character has changed from the first one. Mm. I think to to more fit into that niche of of love interest, they haven't sanded off all the rough edges. Um, and I think yeah, I think Zendaya gives a very good. Another very good performance in this one. Yeah, I think whilst the first time round that we were introduced to Michelle, mm. um, it was very much all of one thing with one twist at the end. This time it is more showing her as a multi-layered character. You know, she's trying to hide her emotions as much as Peter is, as much as anybody else who of that age on the trip is. Um, but this film kind of, I'm not going to say belongs to the supporting cast, as much as I do love Tom Holland, but certainly the most enjoyment I had came from Peter's supporting cast and from Jake Gyllenhaal as yes. Mysterio. The, those were just so well done. I didn't yeah. open with this, but I did want to say, this might take a few more watches, but my initial thoughts coming out of that was that might end up being my favourite Spider-Man film. Not the best Spider-Man film, 
but it might end up being my favourite. Okay. I've got to double check though. That's fine. Uh, you saw my eyebrows raising like yeah. you're all about to put some sacred <laughs> yeah, octopus shaped toes in. Like nothing's going to be exactly. You, you, I know that you think Avril yeah. Molina is Ooh. an immaculate performance. Ah, there's Ooh. something about this one though. Oh, I get, it, I get it. Well, this thing, it might be because it's Mysterio. <laughs> that, I, I can imagine. And I mean, fair play to your pitch. Please do go back and listen to, to our pitches. I mean, it's not exact, but a lot of what you were laying down is there. There was a lot of traces by the end, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, Still no fucking Daredevil cameo. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. We got to look. I mean, like, just just to quickly wheel back. I think, is it fair to say that Zen, uh, Sendai, that MJ and Peter have the best, like... Maybe not the best relationship because it's still only two movies deep and some have had a lot longer to... Yeah. But, like, they have the most chemistry, I think. And they're the most believable couple. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. They don't just... It's not... This isn't a Jane Foster and Thor situation. This isn't just, well, you're fit. That's us done. Yeah. This is, you know... Awkward teenage angst, but it's quite endearing. It's the same thing we said about Homecoming last time. It is believable. It's a lived-in experience. It's something we can all relate to. Yes. And they absolutely hit the nail on the head. It's kind of interesting to see how that kind of relationship... Considering this is very much this generation's Spider-Man. He's the one who does take selfies whilst web-slinging. Yes. It's the same echoes all the way down. It's the same experiences. It is now anyone worrying about what that means for um, for Ned, and because he's kind of taken, he, he, you know, oh boy, he, him and Peter were the closer relationship in the first movie. Yeah. Ned's moving away. Ned gets lots to do. Yeah, don't worry, he's fucking brilliant in yeah. this film. They know what they've got on their hands with Ned. His C plot is so good. Yeah. <laughs> Because he's not the B plot, because technically that's Zendaya, uh, yeah. and the A plot will be Mysterio. Ned's C plot is fucking astounding. Yeah. Just, it's so funny. Uh, most of, I would say 99% of the laughs is yes. just Ned. Now, I will say, I don't think it was as funny as Homecoming. It was still funny, please don't take this the wrong way, but I read a lot of reviews that were liking the, the jokes around surrounding the teachers. Mm. I just didn't find them hitting That's as good. That's got to be an American thing, right? Surely. I think like some of them were funny, but like a lot of them were just. There's there's one, there's one that stuck out to me, which was the setting up the camera on the side of the yeah. on the fence over the river, yeah. and then they really dragged it out until you go and the camera oh, falls no. in. It's, um, but it's it was funnier when Ned was on screen and he's doing the. I don't want to spoil too much, but Ned has a summer fling yes and it's so fucking funny the way that he yeah. just sort of it's, matures instantly yes, yeah. it's so good he's so wise yeah um, he's so wise that's the thing yeah so, so those are working so I just want to, there is one one so the um, Mr. Harrington is played by Martin Starr and he mm. was the other one uh, Mr. Dell oh J.B. Smooth or J.B. Smooth who, when trying to exp- when he's like asked as a man of science what's causing all these things he just goes witches, witches. <laughs> Which was quite funny, I'll give him that. Um, okay, we've cycled around him enough. Mm. Do you want to talk about Mysterio? Ah! Yes! So. Oh, man, uh, they did my boy proud. They did a real good job of Mysterio. Now, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance doesn't really kick into high gear until about two-thirds in. No. But that final third is fucking brilliant. If you thought the Vulture was good, you're getting something very, very similar here. I do think... The Vulture might have been slightly better. I agree. I was going to bring that up. But I, but, but I d- did not stop me enjoying this. No. Oh, boy. 
oh boy, they do such a really good job of sort of um, ingraining him into the history of the MCU. They explain away his abilities and it makes sense. It's just, oh, they did such a good adaption job. And yes, you could call me a hypocrite because I hate what they did with the Mandarin. Yes. However, the contextualisation of the of Mysterio is leagues better than the Mandarin. Because it's not a fucking punchline. No. It's not serving to, to fuel a really shitty joke. What it is doing is making it out. Because much like the Vulture, Mysterio's not out to get Spider-Man from day dot. No. What he's doing is his own thing. And he doesn't actually think that Spider-Man's a bad guy. He kind of likes him. It's yeah. the final act where they have to be put in this situation yes. where they are against each other that fuels that that fight. And it isn't as smooth as that excellent scene in Homecoming with the, uh, the, traffic, the, the traffic light. Yeah. That is just perfection. Uh-huh. Um, but... But in terms, if we're talking about the visual stuff, when Mysterio's power is kicking to high gear, holy fuck, that was a brilliant scene. I think that's the best thing they've realised about Mysterio. Because all the way through, I was like, well, he's doing all this smoke and mirror stuff. Sorry if you hadn't figured out that Mysterio was the bad guy. Oh, come on now. Who? Okay, admittedly, Caroline didn't. So. Neither did Rachel. So, <laughs> and girlfriends, because I was explaining the way back on the car, I was like, oh yeah, well, that's kind of Mysterio's deal in the comic book. She was like, oh, isn't, is Mysterio a bad guy in the comic books? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh wait, some people don't know these things. What? <laughs> people don't read into things as deeply as me and you do. Apparently not. What? So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that's always his deal. <laughs> yeah. Similar situation. Like she, he was like, oh that costume's cool. I'm not sure about the head. And then like apparently she kind of twigged it when. Uh, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but there's a scene early on with Mysterio and Spider Man, and he says, "Don't be afraid of being the smartest person in the room." And I just get a lean over and he goes, well, he's a fucking wrong one then. And yes, he is. That's the point. Yes. Yeah, I'm surprised that not many people have tweaked that. Oh, no. Well, I will say, um, oh, did you know from the first trailer? Like, I knew from the first casting announcements. Really. I knew from the 90s, to be yeah. honest with you. I've had this information for 20 years. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think they did a real good job, though, of even making... Okay, I say making me question. They put... If it was a good Undertaker streak match, it would put a 1% doubt in my mind that he was going to lose. Mm. That was the best you could ever hope for, because I'm still going to be 99% sure the Undertaker's going to win. They put a 1% amount of doubt in my head that they weren't going to flip Mysterio. Mm. Or at the very least, it wouldn't be like an intentional ruse. Yeah. It would just be getting over his head, he'd get power hungry, something else would turn him. Yeah. As opposed to he's been in on it the whole time. So props to them for doing that. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, once they go full on Mysterio and you get what you want, you get the fucking oh. full on Vision Quest shite, rivaling what the Doctor Strange stuff. Kind of even rivaling what they do with Scarecrow in the Arkham games. Oh, it's been, it's yeah. that level. Oh God, it's good. Oh man. They only do it twice, which I'm like, fine, I'm glad. And the, the first one... The first time they do it is more of just hitting you with all the trippy visuals. Mm. Whereas the second time, it's more of a character moment. Yeah. It's lower scale, um, you know, trickery. But that first one, that's... Uh, I still don't know who directs these movies. Uh, not, John Watts. That's the guy. Yeah. Uh, hell of a job. Mm. Hell of a job on that first sequence. As good, if not maybe even better, than the Doctor Strange 
initial flick, yeah you know ancient one flick on the head one yeah oh it's good oh it's it's what you'd want me mysterious i'd feel bad if this wasn't there and he was doing the smaller scale illusions exactly the thing that you feel about doc ock and how good they did him in spider-man yes. 2 i got here with mysterio yeah yeah it's the the we'll get to the grand switch after the the spoiler warning i suppose yeah of, of what actually happened i was questioning why it was that mysterio was my favorite one and i thought well it must have been because of the playstation one game don't the Mysterio boss in the PlayStation One game is the cheapest fucking shit. It's so shit. Is that the funny one though? Um, that's the one where it's like the the three levels thing, and you have to kind of hit the fucking the glowy bits on his suit. That's the one. But the targeting is fucking dreadful. And I thought, oh, this is probably why I love Mysterio. I don't know no. why I love Mysterio. It must be the nineties cartoon. But you remember the? It may be in the Spider Man Two game. I can't remember. It was a PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3-ish Spider-Man game where you fight Mysterio and he's a big... You fight him in like a theatre and he's a big glowy thing and you fight him. Yeah. But then you get like another mission later on in the game where he's trying to rob a shop and it's just Mysterio like holding the guy at gunpoint. Yeah. And he goes, I'm Mysterio. And his health bar appears and it goes up three times. You run over and you punch him <laughs> once and he dies. And he's just done. <laughs> yeah. I think that was a Spider-Man 2 game. I think. Yeah. I the Spider-Man like 1 was... game was like a lot more grounded and not funny. No, yeah, you're right. It was oh, you one bomb him, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think I still think I prefer the vulture because I think Michael Keaton just does such and Jake Dillon does a great job here, mm. especially like I said, once the the switch has been flipped, mm. it's, it's fantastic. But I feel it just it was it's almost unfair because you're going up against such a deeply personal villain in the vulture. Yeah, um, yeah. I was hoping he would turn up because they very much left that end of Homecoming open for, for Vulture to be a recurring character, as well as Scorpion, but mm-hmm. neither of them are here. bit dismayed about yeah. that. I thought locked for a post credit scene, but Yeah, no. definitely. Not that there's any complaining about post credit scenes. Like, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> 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 um, is there anything else? Oh, well, the, the, the immediate threat in these movies is mm. the elementals it is um, and yeah they're, they're kind of playing with expectations of oh is it Sandman is it Hydro Man you can't really tell it isn't mm. we won't explain why but it isn't um, I'm really annoyed though because it shows what Hydro Man could have actually been as a bad guy right that Venice sequence is, is it's hella really good, good. <laughs> hella good and they do have that little uh, easter egg when they're like looking at the news report after it happened and they mention the name of Hydra Man. Yes, he fell into a river with a water um, purifier or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Him, yeah. So, okay, that's one for the yeah. fans. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Um, so, they were all the CGI in this is real good. Mm. Swinging holds up really well whenever yep. they do that. Um, Spider Man looks less like he's made out of rubber in this one. In Homecoming, he was a little bit of a spindly Johnny and he was just, yeah. you know, stretchy. In this one, he's a lot, got a bit more weight to him. I feel like... A bit more substance, yeah. I feel like Sony have actually coughed up a bit of money to help out this time, as opposed to just going, well, you fucking make it if you think you're so clever. It is still weird seeing the Sony TriStar thing at the start of the movie. Yeah. Still a bit like, really? Okay. Um, uh, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury and Maria Hill both in this as well, but mm-hmm. they're very much sidey characters. I've had a thought. Michael's had a thought, everybody. Was this the first one without a Stan Lee cameo? Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh. He wasn't in this one, was it? No. 
I didn't even realise. But he oh. was in Endgame, right? He was in Endgame. Yeah, yeah he I was remember him in Endgame. In Endgame, he was. He drove past the uh, yeah. the base where when they travelled back to go when Cap and Iron Man went back in time. Yeah. He was uh, in the car driving past, looking like seventy Stanley. Yeah. You'll never be as pimping as 70 Stanley. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I think that's all the cast mentioned. Yeah. Nick Fury and Maria. Nick Fury, they're, they're, they're there, but they're, they're, they're even more plot devicey than uh, Happy Hogan is. I didn't think they were doing a particularly good job. Um, it does get contextualised as to why that is, but we've got to talk about that after spoilers, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know where John Favreau found time. Right. Because <laughs> surely he's directing... Jungle, not Jungle Book, Lion King. Uh, Lion King. He's directing some episodes of The Mandalorian and somehow he found time to have... Not, like, he's not all the way through this movie, but he has, like, four, five, six... Definitely not an unsubstantial role. Like, yeah. This wasn't a, you know... He would have had to have gone to London to shoot on location yeah. for the end. This wasn't so, Alec Guinness turning up for two days to be Obi-Wan. This was, like, full-on fucking time he had to put into that. Mm. So... I don't know where the man finds time to do these things, but there we go. Um, I'm guessing a Chef 2's not in the uh, works. Ah, well. Um, and he, he's Chef been, 2, the grilling. Uh, he's real good in this. I, I like, like I said, he's, he's, he helps move the plot along quite a lot, and he, he's, he's convenient sometimes, mm. but he's very endearing. He is. And he'll feel like that last link we're going to have to Tony Stark of like kind of giving Tony's blessing. Yeah. To people. We need to talk about Brad. We do need to talk about Brad. Brad. Fuck Brad. Fuck Brad, big time. Uh, Brad, if you don't know, uh, is a new guy. He's someone who aged up in the blip, as they're calling it. Yeah, so for everybody who survived, it's the snap. And for everybody who didn't, it's the blip. That's basically what I can tell from this. They actually do kind of play up a little bit of comedy with that, because apparently whoever blipped... Whoever got snapped and then came back, nothing changed for them. Nothing happened to the point that a bunch of... There's a great visual gag at the start where uh, half the marching band appeared during the middle of a basketball yes. game. That's funny. It did raise the question, what if you were in an airplane? Hmm. Do you come back on the airplane you were on or do you just reappear in midair? Oh, well, that's a thought. <laughs> I, I think they said like, oh... Don't worry, he's smart Hulk now. He would have thought of this when he snapped everyone back. And I'm like, that's fucking convenient, yeah. but all right. But, you know, most people are going to get like minor injuries, if, say, if they were in a car, in a plane, yeah. walking across a busy street. If they reappear where someone is currently standing. Yeah. Handling power tools with a build, where a building that used to be there, you know. Hmm. Don't worry, <laughs> Professor Hulk in that... What, 30 seconds since he decided to put the glove on? He thought of all this. Whilst under tremendous pain. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. He got this. Um, well, I've, I've, I've found him. Yep. Uh, he's a guy called Remy Hill, and he's playing... Oh, Remy He, even, sorry. H-I-I. Playing Brad Davis. So he's he's gone from, like, a seven-year-old, and now he's, like, Peter's age. And he's just... He's what Flash Thompson usually is. Yeah. Like, the arsehole who's, like... But in, like, kind of a smarmy way. Um, and he's trying to get an MJ. It didn't go anywhere, but uh, he um, he just leads. There is a great scene on the bus. Um, yeah, with Tony Stark's sunglasses. Well, I'll give it away, but um, kind of sad that it doesn't go through all the way. Because then we could have truly said, "No, fuck you, bro." <laughs> we'll leave it there. Um, I think um, T 
Tony Revolori. 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 The guy who's playing Flash. Yes, the guy who's playing Flash. Yes. Another good job. Yeah, it's fine. I don't feel like they've fully implemented this Flash character yet. And I don't really know if there's going to be room to do it in Spider-Man 3, whatever that ends up being. Mm -hmm. Far from the point. I've just looked up someone else who's in this movie, and I'll need to talk about it after the spoiler warning, just in case we're on to something. Okay. Tell you that in a minute. Uh, Anything else, Michael? Uh, oh, the big question, I suppose. Yes. This or Homecoming? We've I'm, only seen it once. We have only seen it once. I'll give it that. I've seen Homecoming a good number of times. Yes. I I prefer this. I do. I don't think it's better. I think that Homecoming is a more smartly, tighter movie with a better villain, objectively. Yes. It's And that sits on the same shelf as Spider-Man 2 for me. I know that nothing sits on the same shelf as Spider-Man 2 for you, mm-hmm. but Homecoming and Spider-Man 2 are neck and neck in terms of quality, and then I think it's followed by this and Spider-Man okay. 1. In terms of what my favourite is, though, mm. I fucking love Mysterio. I think the yep. on-location shooting here is really, really well done. Action, yeah, much better. Action's much better. The comedy, I think, is better. I mean, mainly because it's not just Ned and Peter getting the laughs. I suppose, yeah, yeah. Like, Peter fucking bolting it over a golf course is funny. Yeah. But the the sort of the subtle, mature humour from Ned is great, as much as I don't like the humour from the teachers. Yeah. And there's one scene that we'll talk about after the credits that I think really bogs this down. If you trim that scene out, it's, you know, it, it takes it from a 99 to 100. Okay. But I really, really like this film. I really like this film. So do I. I think I prefer Homecoming, mm. just because I think it's it's thematically tighter than this one. It is. The, but I no means take it as any, you know, bad juju on this movie. No. It's a fucking great movie. It's blowing basically everything else other than Endgame out of the water this year, no problem. Pretty much, yeah. But... I yeah I think I think I preferred the vulture. Whilst the action is admittedly much better in this, I think the comedy in the first one was much more endearing. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you are splitting hairs. Marvel and fucking save Spider Man, praise be. Yep. And hopefully in a few weeks we're going to find out their plans to go and rescue Fantastic Four and X Men. Oh, because Comic Con's coming. And they are there. They are there. They haven't set a time or anything yet. They're at Hall H, aren't they? They're in Hall H. Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that's a good sign. Fingers crossed we'll be getting that info. I just hope they just, Feige goes, fuck you, here's phase four. Here's everything I'm we're doing. Same. I just really hope they're in there. I can't be bothered to wait for a phase five for the Fantastic Four and X-Men. We'll clearly get a third one out of this because yep. of the post credit scene. Which we'll talk about. Scenes? We'll, well talk scenes, about. but only one of them really pertains to a third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a, oh, it's a hell of a, it's a hell of a punt. <sighs> um, but there we are. Yeah, thoroughly recommend this. Big thumbs up. already gone and seen it already. Just great, top to bottom. Exactly yep. what it needs to be for a sequel to Spider-Man. That doesn't, somehow doesn't get overshadowed by Endgame. No, lives on its own. Yep. Doesn't have that Ant-Man problem after that followed out. I mean, <laughs> oh. followed out of Ultron, admittedly. No, um, yeah, well, oh, the, well, the original Ant-Man, Ant-Man was, yeah. followed Age of Ultron, and that was better for it. The yes. second Ant-Man followed Infinity War, which did not help no, it out. No, 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 no. Well, this thing, they're, they're thankfully, because it's dealing with the fallout, mm. it can kind of carry that momentum through. Ant-Man the Wasp problem was it was a prequel. Yeah. So it didn't really capitalise on that until the fucking end credit scene yeah god um, hell the Black Widow movie yeah I know because we know it's coming but uh, 
Hubbard. Hey, Taskmaster, though. Yeah, that mask, I'm not sure. I'm okay. We don't know who's <laughs> playing him. We don't. David Harbour's in that movie, but... Oh, is it David Harbour? I know. Taskmaster's like a like a Ooh. young, virile, athletic dude. Yeah. David Harbour is many things, but he's not <laughs> young, virile, or athletic. Oh, he might be virile. David Harbour <laughs> is the man who can pull off um, a Hawaiian shirt the best, if you believe Stranger Things season oh, three. Oh, no, he, he rocks that thing. <laughs> and the big handlebar moustache helps. But, uh, yeah, we're in Taskmaster. Yeah. I always kind of wanted him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, but if we replace... You know your pitch for the uh, Black Widow movie? Yes. They should have just done that and put Taskmaster as... Actually, no, Taskmaster was your villain. Taskmaster was my villain. Just do that. Oh, I caught that one. Much like I'm still waiting for my reparations from Spider-Man Far From Home, (laughs) you two can wait for your payout. Yes, everybody, a broken clock is correct twice a day. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Three, two... One. He's J dot fucking dot Jonah fucking Jameson. Oh I managed to get both hands into my mouth. Because <laughs> like, yeah. I have a medically too small mouth, don't you know? But they were both going, oh. And I was like, why is that? And I was like, don't you remember? It took her a second. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't know who made that happen, but promote them now. We worried that he was in the DCEU as Commissioner Gordon. And I was like, well, that's it then. But, you know, we already had this precedent set because Lance Fishburne crossed that fucking line he and did. came back. But I thought, uh, surely, no, we can't have... G-. And then, and then, uh. and then we did. <laughs> we little always bit. said, there's only one man who can do it. There's yeah. only one man up to the job. And now he becomes the first and currently only actor to have previously played an MCU character, a Marvel character, outside of the MCU, to be brought back. He's J- Dame Judi Dench as M. <laughs> Fuck yes, he survived the reboot. <laughs> he did. Well done, JK. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so happy. Uh, that was a genuine surprise. I did not no. see that coming at all. I felt I felt it coming. Mm. Because, right, we're talking about the post credit scene, if you, if you walked out. Some people did. Um, Some people still do. Why? But it's ten years of precedence. Uh, is it the most, like, impactful, in terms of, like, the next movie in the series? There's very few I can see being as, like... Impactful. Yeah, this is one. this is Spidey's Civil War moment. This is the one that changed yeah. what his character is. He's, yes, he was the only guy in the MCU to be operating as somebody who a you secret didn't know. identity. Yeah, yeah. A secret identity. Because nobody in the Avengers was not even Black Widow. Everybody fucking knew who she was. Not great for a super spy, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but no, not only does it bring back the only choice to be J. Jonah Jameson, and God, I hope it wasn't just a cameo. God, I hope he's back full time next time oh, doing InfoWars shit as JK. <laughs> yeah, they basically cast him as Alex Jones. Oh. That was fucking brilliant. Because like, you see. That is such a Spider Man PS4 callback, isn't it? Surely. Yes. I mean, he, not only does he do the pose from that, yes. but you get him in as InfoWars version of J. Jonah. <laughs> Fuck yes. And like, because like I said, I felt it coming. The second I started mentioning Daily Bugle, I was like. A hope. Oh no! A chance. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. And then he turns up, and then everyone's happy. But yeah, Mysterio fucking flips the script and everything, and yep. framed. You, I did think it was when he said yes, execute them all. I was like, that's a bit of an odd choice of phrase there. Yeah. But I didn't see this coming. Of yeah, he framed Peter Parker for killing. For, for Mysterio frames him for killing Mysterio. Yep. 
and reveals to everybody that he's Peter Parker. Do they flash the image up of him? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they they do show them. his fucking mugshot. They're so, like, oh, okay. We That's are, a big deal. It's it's a flip of the script for this MCU version, but I mean, it drives us towards the standard Spider-Man status quo of like 50% of New York doesn't like him mm. and the other 50% supports him. So it's just going to be... So good. And it's driving us towards the Sinister Six, isn't it? Yes. It's got to be, surely. Yes. Because it's amber... I know that the end of that film was Mysterio is dead. That's ambiguous, though. I think if he's not dead, it's interesting to me. Yes. Um, But even if he is, to act as an arbiter to form the Sinister Six... Yes. That's real fucking good. Because Vulture can come back now... We can finally get Scorpion. Shh, you would think that's a done deal, right? Scorpion. Yeah, I've got to do Scorpion. I think you bring back Shocker as well and do proper Shocker. So that's, th- that's three, three of your traditional Sinister Six. But Shocker's usually not in the Sinister Six. He's a B-level guy, yeah. but I'm okay with that. So who do you go to? Do you go well, for Goblin the third I've time? got to mention somebody. Right. I was suspicious of this. But uh, this Wikipedia just confirmed it. So um, one of Fury's associates mm. uh, is a guy called Dimitri. They don't call him anything else. He's just uh, the, Dimitri. <laughs> the gag where he hijacks, like <laughs> Nick Fury's like, "You've got to come to Prague." He's like, "I'm no, I'm not going to be near Prague." And the ship's like, "Okay then." And then later on, fucking the guy who was putting together a fucking AR-15 yes. is driving the school bus. <laughs> I loved that gag. So, according to Wikipedia, that guy was called Numan Akar, and he's playing Dmitry Smerdikov, a.k.a. the Chameleon. Oh! All right. Apparently, that's the Chameleon. Um, Uh, Right? Right, okay. So, I don't know how you flip him, because apparently he's an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And maybe you do that as, like, no, he's on Spider-Man's side. I don't know how that works, but Mm. you could maybe do that. But, fuck it. I don't like Chameleon, but if Chameleon's in there, that's four of your six. Yep. If chameleon's there, oh, you potentially could mean that you've got a his half brother is not that far behind, and we get Craven the fuck mother in Hunter. J. Jonah hires him to come and take out Spider Man. Okay, now we're doing something. And then you yeah, just chuck the fucking rhino in there for the hell of it. Screw it. Who else could you do? I mean. Who's someone who doesn't need that? Like, who's like a shocker level guy who you can chuck in there, doesn't need the whole movie to explain the Hammerhead? Hamhead is the money? Oh, no, fuck it. You know, it should be, don't you? I mean, if we knock in J. Jonah as the head, there's only one other guy it can be. And right? we pull him from your script again. We go and get D'Onofrio back and say, Vince, you got to put, <laughs> you got to put the suit on again because we need the kingpin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantasy booking again. Everything's great. Oh, yeah, comedian was in this movie. We didn't even fuck. I suppose that's the point. That's the, the point. You know, no, he's in the movie. You would think now that now that he's it's out there and he knows who he is. Craven. Craven. Oh, Craven, ah. Scorpion, Chameleon for the next one. Oh, that's a good tasty thing. Yes. With potentially a vulture heel turn, well, face turn towards yeah. the end of the film. I've just realised. We are two movies deep into a Spider-Man franchise, not including all the dandies popped up in the other movies. Mm-hmm. Still no Osborne. Nothing of the Osborns. No Oscorp. It's pretty intrinsic and they've left it out for some reason. Maybe it's like... I mean, because it's such a tank... This is why I think if they do X-Men, they won't do Magneto, at least straight away. Mm. Because 
everyone's kind of expect same reason we dock up really yeah. I know Venom's kind of back in the zeitgeist but it's not really and you know, Sandman was there in spirit in this one but Doc Ock and, and, and Green Goblin are so cemented in that Raimi trilogy. Mm. I mean, l- to a lesser extent, Lizard and Shocker and, and Electro with the, the amazing ones, but I don't think anyone's going to bat an eye if they have a stab at that again. Let's not try to remember that version of Electro. <laughs> hey, screw it. If we're open to bringing back old, character, old actors who played characters before, bring back What's-His-Face from the first Sam Raimi movies. Willem Dafoe? Um, no, not Willem Dafoe. Bring back uh, What's-His-Face as uh, Kurt Connors. Oh, uh, oh shit. Guy... Play, the Kirk old Connors. dude, or you mean Reese Evans? No, not Reese Evans. No, the guy from the Sam Raimi trilogy. Oh, I can't. The Kirk Connors, who was just Kirk Connors. And yeah, gone off. that guy. Screw it, bring him back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I. What was my point? I have is yeah, Oscorp not there. Nope. Which I applaud them. You know, Spider Man's got the deepest rose gallery this side of Batman going. Yeah, but it took him until the post credits of the second film to even mention the bugle. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Infowars now. So, ah, oh, it's such a good turn. The second post credit scene, less obviously about Spider-Man, it feels like a setup for a Captain Marvel 2. Or for anything. Or for a secret up, really. invasion, or for anything like that. Yeah, basically you see, if you haven't seen it, um, you've got... It turns out we weren't hanging out with Nick Fury and Maria Hill this whole time. We were hanging out with scroll versions of them, played by Talos. Um, ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is back. Ben Mendo is back as the as a scroll who is the moonlight as Nick Fury yeah. who is on a space station with a fuck ton of scrolls. Yeah, Nick Fury is in space for reasons. Yeah. Um so that's interesting. But you've got to think that's a hint towards sword, right? Surely. You'd think so. Like Fury's had his time with Shield, it went bump. He then fucked off at the mm. end of um, Winter Soldier. Yeah. You've got to assume he fucked off with the scrolls, right? We haven't seen Nick Fury properly since Winter Soldier. That huh. He properly went away. You know, yeah. Headstone, Path of the Righteous Man. Off he goes into space. Says to Talos, right, you've got to take my place. Because then things immediately and quite violently go to shit. Yes. So That kind of works. That kind of works. I'm with you. But yeah, the threats aren't coming from Earth anymore. They're coming from outer space, as we saw with Thanos. Yeah, so he's so it's got to be sword. It's got to be sword. They've done that a few times where Nick Fury's kind of been space gatekeeper in well, the comics. Man on the wall. Yeah, exactly. So that's man, that's a good shape, Michael. I don't think they're just everyone going. Oh, it's going to be the Secret Invasion. I'm like, but the Skrulls are the good guys in this universe. Yeah, you can have different sects of the Skrulls, but that's not what they're setting up. The Kree are the bad aliens. Yeah, they've very much done with the Kree what they used to do with the Skrulls. Yes, good fucking god on my board of the fucking Kree. Mm. Stop with the Kree. They're not even that. Unless you, you didn't even make them blue most of the time in Captain Marvel. Don't fucking bother. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have been able to kick the Kree's ass for the last three seasons. Yeah. No fucking good. Um, right, so, Mysterio. The big reveal. Yeah. That it was all um, smoke and mirrors, and that it's all a CGI suit. Yeah, everything's CGI. I liked it, but here's the, the killer question that I couldn't get behind. Right. What, ultimately, was Mysterio's plan slash end goal? Yeah, it seems a bit weird, doesn't it? I, I think the best... It, because the big break scene where it turns out it's all bullshit... Yes. It's... The expedition that, dump. The, 
that's the scene that I struggled with, was the, and you who we've pulled from Iron Man 1, and you who we've pulled from Civil War. It's like, I, oh, I appreciate fuck. that. I appreciate deep callbacks. It makes it feel like more... It instantly gives it more history. No, I liked how they did that, but, that, but you know, the villain explains his plan step by step. But didn't mm. really... No, he explained the circumstances of how he's doing what he's doing. But I was like... If it was a case of, like, he was doing it so they could sell their technology to, you know, Mysterio's come from another world, if he's got all this technology, we'll sell that onto the consumers after I've established myself as a new Iron Man Mm. and make a fuck ton of money. That's an easy, understandable goal. His only motivation seems to be, I want to be the new Iron Man because I, I feel like it's my right to be that. Pretty much. He just wants regard, doesn't he? He wants fame. He wants glory. But it was kind of this open-ended, like, I just I just want it. And they point out, like, he says that Tony Stark calls him unhinged. And I think that's their way of explaining why, why this plot doesn't really... Like, his plan doesn't really have, like, a mm. proper end goal. Yeah, because he would have had to have known about the glasses from when he ran into um, Maria and Fury yes. in, like, fucking Mexico. Yeah. So it's like, <sighs> that's slightly unbelievable. But at the yeah. same time, I still I still like the motivation that he is just a bit mental. He is hungry for fame. Because he, you know, in the comics, he used to be the special effects guy. Yeah. Now the special effects studios are becoming more well-known yeah. names. And, you know, you own, you see a movie because of X person directing it or X person yeah. producing okay. or whatever. So it makes a lot of sense that, you know, you go, right, well, I, I want to be a superhero. I am in no way superpowered. I have all this technology, I can just fake my way to glory. That's cool. true. But then it's like, again, to go back to the vulture, I understood exactly what Michael Keaton was doing and why he was doing it. He mm. just wanted to make money. Yeah. And he was good at making money this way. He didn't want to hurt anybody necessarily. He was trying to do it stealthily. Yeah. Made all the fucking sense in the world. I think it could have made slightly more sense if Mysterio was from the Bugle. Because that end where it's like people will believe anything. We are yes. in the times where you can tell this story and people will just yeah. accept it. If Mysterio was more about controlling the narrative rather than becoming famous, yeah, that would have been a little bit better, a little bit more concrete. Is that not only do Mysterio doesn't Mysterio doesn't want to be the most famous person in the world. What he wants to do is influence people's thoughts and influence people's decisions. Wasn't that your pitch, Michael? Yes, it was my pitch. Oh, there we go. All I'm saying well, is... Well, the has a problem with this movie. Mine was better. Uh, but, like, why were the other guys that invested in making Jake Gyllenhaal fucking A number one? Like, yeah. what's in it for them long there term? Is, mm, yeah. If it was... Mo- like, I know it's very, like, base to just say, right, It's they just want money. But Spider-Man's not somebody who traditionally deals with the bigger picture. You know, fucking Doctor Strange fighting, you know, fucking Dormammu and the concept of fucking time. He's fighting people who just want to make money. They're just criminals. They just happen to have superpowers. Mm. And I feel like that's... If it, if it had, had that, one or two lines of dialogue, and there was a lot of exposition coming at you in that one scene. Maybe it was in there and I just didn't hear it. If it had that, I think I would have, it would have been a much closer race between him and Keaton for who was the better of the two bad yeah. guys. Keaton's my, more straight shot. Yes, but what you're losing kind of plot solidity you gain like you said in those fucking action scenes oh boy 
Ha. Oh, so good. Fucking the snow globe bit that did that and all the Spider-Man piling on him. Yeah. And, oh, oh, And the, the fucking zombie Tony Stark. Yeah. That was the neat. The big statue of Cap. Yeah. The fucking double fake out of, like, you think Nick Fury's real, but then Nick Fury's not real. And motherfucker just gets twatted by a train. It's <laughs> fucking great. Oh. But <laughs> then he gets... <laughs> The bit that immediately follows Spider-Man getting hit by a train where he's in a in Dutch, prison. <laughs> Dutch prison with some football fans. Very nice football hooligans. I enjoy Who that. locked themselves back. <laughs> yeah. Having been to Amsterdam last year, I can confirm they are very, very nice people. It all makes sense. <laughs> and some of their team names do not make sense. No. You know, borrow your phone? Yeah! God, you Dutch people are so, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> God, you can tell that Dutch search is going to be fucking selling like mad, like fucking hotcakes. Yeah. Um, oh, I did, I did love the whole thing of um, when he's fighting in Venice in the stealth suit, which I kind of don't like that much now that I've seen it in a motion, and I don't like the exposed fingers. I really hate no, that. I looked. I know it was like them saying, "Well, Tony Stark, you know, isn't here anymore. Your suits aren't probably going to look as cool." Because mm. it had that basically it looked like he'd got a, uh, it looked like a firmus hat that had got out of control. Yeah, like it was just that kind of really weird, like woolly hat material with like a pair of shades stapled yeah. to it. Yeah, <laughs> but the whole is that Spider Man? No, it's like a European knockoff. What's he called? Uh, Night Monkey, <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps popping up again and Maybe again. He goes to France and like, yeah, <laughs> Night Monkey. <laughs> That was good. Again, that comes from Ned. Yep. Ned is just a fucking joke-making powerhouse. What a lad. Yeah. Yeah, his whole thing with Betty Brand is a stroke of genius. They get together on the plane because they sat... So, yeah, <laughs> determined to be American bachelors in Europe. And then they have just like a whirlwind romance that ends. And then he's just like, oh, you're so wise. <laughs> yeah. So good. The deficit from the, the teacher's jokes just not landing for me. Ned mm. fucking makes a poor <laughs> yeah. face. Jacob Batalon is the guy who plays him. Well done. Well Absolute done. Herculean star. fucking effort there, mate. Well done. Um, yeah, I have very little to complain about. The, the end in London scene is really well done because mm. there's so many, like, because the drones, the drones were the things that were creating these images. Mm. They become, like, a much bigger thing after Peter nearly kills fuck you, Brad. <laughs> oh, yeah, with the accidentally calling a fucking strike a on Brad. strike on him. Because you have to have Peter Parker not really understanding technology despite the fact he's a genius, mm. which is happening in both movies now. He has, yeah. the, uh, the kill mode activating, all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's fighting the drones, then you also get the stuff with Happy and, and the kids running around. That added to the tension. It, just, it was really well done in kind of keeping you hooked of like... It's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. It's the most kid-friendly of all these movies. But the fact, you know, fucking Mysterio just dies. He's cold in front of you. <laughs> yeah. i tell you what was good about that is that the the tension and the pace didn't dip in the scenes with MJ. It didn't dip no. in the normal Peter scenes. No. It's all, there, it always felt like there was a clock ticking down, like something had to be done. Yeah, we were up against it. It was, yeah, and you, like you said, you're not disappointed when you go back to them. I'm watching Strange Things Season 3 at the minute. And whenever you go back to Nancy and John, you're like, oh, fuck about I don't care about these two. <laughs> oh, just no, put me back with Steve or some kids, anybody. Responsible Steve! Responsible Steve! Um, yeah, it was really well done in that. And like, I didn't think anyone was going to die, but they just did a real good job of kind of building that anticipation. Mm. And the way it kind of frames Spider-Sense... <laughs> or as the, they call it, the Peter, Peter Tingle... Tingle 
was really well done because it can kind of be they used it almost like the sonic screwdriver in previous movies where it can just solve any problem and it can just like whoa what and then jump out the way yeah. here it's a lot more it's it's less of like a, a direct reaction i think it's more like the force yeah it's about feeling it and that last scene where he's got to feel his way through the um through the reality that mysterio is trying to project to him when is, the uh the eyes on the the, yes. the suit closed and it's just that moment of just pure silence and then just just yes. launching himself through this corridor of illusions oh it's so oh, good him running up the, the drones at the end of that movie is real good for just seeing that like you said it, the rubberiness from homecoming all gone it mm. feels so much real momentum in there it's just oh, oh it's all so good it's all so very, very good I I like the Mysterio costume I like the Mysterio costume too. Few, too many little bright lights on it, but yeah, apart from that, it really textured nicely. I'm going to be in the minority here, I, I, I think. I weren't particularly fond of the new red and black Spider-Man suit. Um, it's inoffensive to me. It's, it's all but right. It's, Spider-Man's meant to be red and blue. That's yeah. what it stems from. Well, it's supposed to be now that he's in control of Stark's tech. It's now a reference to Superior Spider-Man. Ah. So there's that. But you know what? What comes after this? What like what suit is next in three? Now that he's you know public enemy number one, are we going to get the last stand suit? Are we going to get the amazing Batman? What's coming? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> to be fair, my favourite alternative Spider-Man suit is never going to happen because it's the Future Foundation one. Yeah, and that's never going to happen. They're never yeah. going to get rid right of the fucking Future Foundation. So they could do the Scarlet Spider. They could do the Scarlet. The only major Spider-Man story they've never touched his clone saga mm. good god I hope they don't do the clone saga Same. but that is the only box I left I don't need tick. Jackal I don't need him no no one needs the goddamn Jackal um, so hopefully they don't go near that but yeah that's a good point I don't really know I mean there's there's loads of ways you can mix up that suit um, I mean screw it if they're going to put Miles Morales in it we won't get the fucking Miles Morales Spider-Man suit yeah. everyone will be happy fucking love um, that suit right well that was nearly an hour Maggle I think God. it's time to wrap up it it's is. a webbing uh, uh, like a fly <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to stretch that point at the end Good wrap up God. right yeah you can go and follow me on Twitter and Instagram and add that mic going and you can go and follow Darren on Twitter and Instagram at the Gutteridge. but you can also go and find the site on your uh, social media of choice whether that is Facebook Twitter SoundCloud Instagram under the username FoulENT that's F-O-U-L-E-N-T and you can go to FoulEntertainment.com for more podcasts and more written articles like my 10 what the hell's going on there 10 I'm Timmy now 10 characters who can still make it into Smash Brothers with 2 spots left if I don't guess these 2 correctly from those 10 you are allowed to crucify me Darren Way I'll get the nails. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am currently writing. It's taken a long time. I'm trying to write a, a essay entitled "The Fox X Men Series." Was it worth it? <laughs> um, and it's taken a while because I've done. A lot. I wanted to put some research into it, so that's going to be coming as well. Uh, we will be recording a podcast review of X Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. Slightly late, but uh, I can't not review an X Men movie for posterity. And we may also look at the recent spate of reboots and remakes 
in video games as well. Which is true. We, we probably won't do an episode on Godzilla now. That train has very much left the station. Uh, yeah. But we have seen it. Expect us to discuss it in the year-end podcast. Yep, there we go. Oh, great stuff. Right. Bye, everybody! Bye!